are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Wow. Let me just uh, say this. Um, I've been on quite a journey for 90 days. And I want to talk to you just about how God can do things in your family, in your life, that you have no idea. So in the last 90 days, I've lost a family member. Another parent's gotten saved at 84 years old. God has restored my family inheritance. And I'm hearing my dad say to me every day, son, I love you. I'm so proud of you. Estranged since I was 16 years old. And God just opened the door miraculously for me to go back in their lives. And when God opened the door, how he did it was is one of the parent, my parents, my mom, couldn't remember who I was, but she had a cousin of my dad's that she liked, and my mom was struggling with Alzheimer's. God changed my name <laughs> and brought me back in the family and set everything back in divine order. My dad calls me every night. Son, I love you. I've longed for that my whole life, and I've moved in and out of that, and then there's been a sabotage by a spirit. Do you know what I'm saying? And then you're out again. So when I opened up the inheritance, the family trust, because we had to open it for legal reasons, I was named as a son, but I was nowhere in the will. You see, some of you... God knows you much deeper than that, than you know yourself, than your family knows you. God knows you at a much deeper level than you just being a son. But you are a son with an inheritance that is eternal. I want to say that again. You are a son or a daughter with an inheritance that is eternal. I felt in my heart, you know what? I don't need to have this relationship. Right? So just like most people, I just made excuses about how, you know, I'm fine with God and how I love God, right? And I'm just getting along without this relationship. But there's something in me that did not want to stay an orphan that did not want to have an orphan spirit anymore. Something in me that wasn't satisfied with me making excuses to settle in compromise because I'd grown weary and well-doing in the area of my family. Well, I want to tell you, don't grow weary in well-doing. Because God did it without me asking him for it. I wasn't looking for it. I want to tell you something. It was the furthest 
thing from my mind. And when God called me back into it, I went, God, that's the place of all my pain. That's the place of all my shame. That's the place of all my rejection. That for me is actually Lodabar. I'm like Mephibosheth. That's the place for me where I learned to run away. But you see, God said, you cannot have the influence I need you to have unless you understand the sonship that I've given you. And you can't understand sonship from afar. You have to come in close to where your pain is. You have to come in close to where your shame is. You have to bring, God is going to bring you into that place whether you want to come there or not. Because the Lord is going to restore something in the hearts of his people. And let me tell you what it is. If you want to know what's going to destroy the enemy in your life, it's the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Last night we did the, the door. We did the file, fire tunnel. We did all that stuff. We did what's called an impartation. But the fear of the Lord... When God's people come back to that place of the fear of the Lord and they get in that place, what will happen is it will literally, the fear of the Lord and your intimacy with God and where he's taking you to the next level, it will drive your enemies away from your life. It's not going to be all about your intercession. It's not going to be about all your effort. It's going to be the fear of the Lord. Because God wants to release an excellent spirit in the lives and the hearts of his people. No longer does God want us just to be status quo. You say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about this. I'm talking about that our lives, people so see God in our lives that it causes them to examine their lives because of what they see in our lives and recognize that there's more in life than what they're living. But that means you have to get really close to painful places. You have to really get close to the excuses that you've made, the story that you've told yourself where you've said, oh, I don't need that. See, I said it. I said it for years. This year I'll be 60 years old. Ooh, yeah, that's an old dude, right? Whew. When we were in school, we had, you know, we were there books. In the U.S., that used to be the big joke, right? We were there when? Well, I, <laughs> I'm close now. <laughs> I remember a lot of things. This is what I want to say to you. Your inheritance is not gained in Lodabar. Your inheritance is gained in the presence of Almighty God. I can feel the presence of God. 
your inheritance is gained in the presence of God. So God is saying to the body of Christ last night, he didn't let me sleep hardly at all last night, so I want to share this with you. God is saying it is time for us to rise up and understand that God has given a generation of elders the rod of authority. Joshua was doing the battle and everything else, but Moses was up on the mountain. And as long as he was in the right position before God, in the presence of God, they were winning the battle. What does that look like? It's not prideful. It's not so we can lord it over anybody. It's so that we can begin to walk in the authority that God has for us. And that authority is not in Lodabar. That authority is in the presence of the king at the table of Almighty God. How many want to eat in that place? Spend time there. I want to read you a scripture. How many want everything that the Lord has for you? We're going to go into the book of Daniel. I want you to turn there with me. Daniel chapter 1. The Lord all night long has been talking to me about this. How many realize that you don't speak some good things over yourself? Anybody have any poor self-talk here? Oh, it's, I'm in the wrong place? There is, by the Holy Spirit, a teaching that He wants to bring us into about the fear of the Lord so that our enemies will be routed, so that they will turn their backs toward us. And it's not about our prayer life. That is part of it. But it's about our intimacy with God. The Lord has spoke to me yesterday. I was talking to Pastor Lance. And I want to share it with you. that our wrong generational choices are affecting future generational voices. My spirit is still, the Holy Spirit in me is still trying to get me to that place when my dad says, son, I love you, that I receive it fully. But I'm pensive. Because I've suffered rejection, I've suffered the pain, right? I've suffered the betrayal. Those spirits have come after me and brought me into a place of shame. But the truth is, I'm driving home, and the Lord says to me, how come you can't receive that? 
I said, well, I'm not sure. He says, I'm sure. This is your inheritance. It's a gift from me, and you have to receive it. You have to choose to receive it. You have to choose to receive your inheritance. The authority and the power of God. So in Daniel chapter 1, I want you to turn there with me. How many are still with me? Because this is Cold Lake, right? You have a voice to a generation. Your life affects the lives of others. How many want to have a life that so affects people when they get around you, they feel the presence of God? That they come to you because you have the counsel of God and you have the wisdom of God. So God is calling us to a new level. And you say, why are you so on this? I'm so on this because God wants to set an example up in his kingdom where people in this world are going to see you and they're going to know something's different. They're going to see your consistency in the Lord. They're going to see your consistency in keeping your word. They're going to see your consistency in every area of your life. They're going to recognize that you're not moody. They're going to recognize that you are not fearful. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're going to recognize that for some reason you're walking in the joy of the Lord as your strength, even when your circumstances are no good. So Daniel chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So Daniel, at an early age, is taken captive. And verse 8, the king is taking him into training for three years. And he's going to feed him the delicacies and he's going to show him his ways. But it says in verse 8, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. Listen to me. This isn't he made a decision. This is that he had discipline established already in his life. He already had been trained in the ways of righteousness. He already had been trained and knew the temperances of God and how he was supposed to live. So when this difficult time came, he was ready. And church, I want to tell you something. There are difficult times that are coming and we have to be ready. We have to be like this, so we've purposed in our heart, like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord God. But that is not just some declaration that you make. It is actually a discipline that you live. So to have an excellent spirit, 
Say this word with me. I have to get my head in the right place. When my mom had a stroke, it wiped out the whole left side of her brain. And when your head is damaged, your body is done. And the enemy is trying to go for your head. And we're undisciplined. You know why he's going for your head? Because he knows that the anointing comes down over the head and affects the body. Eli couldn't get his, as a priest, didn't have his head in place. He couldn't di discipline Hopni and Phineas. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Because he was waxing fat off the sacrifices of God, the good things of God, but he wasn't willing to walk in holiness and purity under the statutes of God. He knew better, but he didn't do differently. Church, I want to say that again. He knew better, but he did not do differently. He did not make the right choice. we got to get the head right. The anointing comes upon the head, and it flows down to the body. We've got to get the head right. We've got to get positionally in the right place. Daniel had his head right. He understood the authority of God in his life. He understood the discipline of God in his life. So many of us, we've left discipline. Oh, we can still pray because the gifts are irrevocable, right? That's dangerous for us as men and women of God. We can still walk in the gifts and walk away from the character. You can still prophesy, but you can have pornography in your background. You can still do all these things. God is calling the church back to discipline, where we discipline our minds. Let me tell you something. How many of you say, well, I just want God to give me desire again for, for him? Put your hand up. That's you. I'm just praying that God will give me desire. Discipline comes before desire. God will give you the desire when you get on your knees in front of him and you say, you know what, Lord, I'm not really getting anything out of this, but I'm here. Because God's looking for people that will be obedient. Because obedience is better than sacrifice. To heed than the ram, you know what I'm saying? To heed than the sacrifice of rams. That's what God is saying I would rather have your obedience. And how do we learn obedience? By suffering. Church, it's time for us to suffer. Now, I'm not talking about just having hardship and calamity in our life. I'm talking about sitting down on your knees till you just go, man, I am sore, God. This is tough. This is rough. But I'm disciplining my mind. Because the neuron pathways of my mind, God, I've got areas that are undisciplined. And where does the enemy attack me? He attacks me in those areas where I'm undisciplined. So God's saying, go for it. Go for it. Restore your mind. Renew your mind. As a man thinketh, so he is inside himself. You go for it, church. 
you test me in this, you prove me in this, you come after me in this, and you start disciplining yourself. Every time a profane words come out of your mouth, and you go to Ephesians 4.29, you say, no, I'm not going to do that anymore, and you start training your mind. And you put in that E429 jar, I call it, where it says, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that will edify and glorify God, right? And give grace to that person in, that's listening. And you go, no, no, no. Oh, Daniel, I don't say it out of my mouth. It just rises up in my heart. Well, get it before it comes out of your mouth. Because by our own words, we're justified, and by our own words, we're condemned. So get it early. Start disciplining your mind. Daniel had an excellent spirit because Daniel was disciplined in the things of God. He learned at an early age. He said he purposed in his heart he would not defile himself. And then he, then he makes a deal with uh, and says, hey, just let us eat these vegetables, and run a test. In verse 17 it says, And as for these young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature, wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Verse 20, And in all matters of wisdom and understanding above which the king exam about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and all the astrologers who were in the region. He found them. He examined them. He was around sorcerers, diviners, spiritists. He was around all these people that had demonic influence. Yet when he stood in front of them, he met a presence that was different than what he was used to in his kingdom. He met the presence of Almighty God. Church, I'm telling you this. The fear of the Lord, when we discipline ourselves, we will walk in a presence that is so diametrically opposed to divination and sorcery. We won't even have to say anything because the fear of the Lord will drive that stuff out from us. There's going to be a test. And we're going to have to say, all right, God. All right. Anoint my head. Anoint my head. I've got to get back in right position with you. Anoint my head. I don't think right. I don't talk to myself right. This isn't about just a deliverance church. This is about discipline. Say that word with me. Discipline. Then desire will come. Then will desire will come. Listen, Nebuchadnezzar saw the discipline of these young men. He saw that no matter what he put in front of them, they would not go to the right or the left. That's what God is looking for. He's looking for a people that no matter what is put in front of you, 
you are so convinced that who God is in you is greater than anything in the world that it does not matter. Your circumstances will no longer dictate your behavior. Listen to me now. I'm going to give you a little revelation. We know that the devil can't read our mind, but he can track with our patterns of behavior. So it's time for us to discipline our behavioral lifestyle to where we're not behaving in a way that gives an entrance to the enemy in any place in our heart. Where we're not just going, I'm angry, but we're going, I have to become disciplined in this area of my anger. I have to drag it. Pastor Lance, this, this bothers me so much. It hurts my heart so much when I'm angry toward my wife. It hurts me so much when the people around me are walking on eggshells. And I know it's not about anger management anymore. I know it's about anger. And bringing it before the throne room of God. And letting God deliver me from it. And get it out of me. So it's about discipline. How many lack discipline in your life? See, every place that you struggle is because there's a lack of discipline in that area. And you go, boy, if I just had a desire not to be angry, it's not just going to show up. You're going to have to show up. Show it down at the altar. Show it down in prayer. Call it down and say, I will no longer live like this. Get people, they'll be accountable, around, hold you accountable around you and say, every time that I'm angry, every time I say an uncoarse word, every time I do something, I need you, Pastor Lance, to call me on that. I need you to hold me accountable. Are you with me? The king has a dream. Daniel interprets the dream and gives glory to God. Then the king raises up an altar, a big idol, and he comes to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and says, you have to bow down. They said, oh no, king, we will not bow down. We have learned well and hidden God's word in our heart, and we know the ways of our God. And we know his voice, and we know his will, and we will not bow down. God is looking for a people who will no longer bow down. I want to say it again. He is looking for a people who will no longer bow down to any weakness in their life. But they will say, Lord God Almighty, whatever it takes, I will tarry before you so that you can break this off of my life. There is a design in you, and Daniel knew the design, and that design was for holiness. That design was for purity. That design was for excellence. And Daniel knew he sanctified himself. He set himself apart for the design of God in his life. 
How many want to live out your destiny? How many want to fulfill that? How many have had dreams and visions and God said things to you and you've been in meetings and God's prophesied over you and you said those things have not come true yet. But God is wanting us to come before him and say, God, it's not about that word. But Lord, that word is inspiring me to come before you because that word is foretelling something in my life, God, and I want to walk into it. But I know I have this weakness, God, and I know I have this propensity of weakness in my life. And God, I don't want to get to that place right there where I'm ready to cross that plane, God, where I'm sitting with that businessman that's about to give me $10 million for my business and come up short because I lose my temper because I lose my head, because I don't have my head right. Eli lost the anointing. He lost his family and future generation of priests. And Samuel, who knew how to spend time with God, not one of his words fell to the ground. Remember him? Here's Daniel making this journey. And he's growing in the things of God. And everybody around him knows what his God is capable of. I want to say that again. Every magician, every soothsayer, Every single demonic around him, every demonic principality and power, I want to say this, listen, every demonic principality and power around him knows what he is capable of concerning his God. What are the demonic principalities and powers saying about you? Are they saying she has a fear of God? She's disciplined. He's disciplined. We can't touch him like we touch a normal person. Because we go to get to him and we can find nothing in him to get to him. Are you with me? I'm prophesying to you. I heard everybody up here. I heard all those things, okay? I have something that's just come into my inheritance, all right? So it's really fresh for me. So I want to awaken you and quicken you in this. God is looking for men and women where the enemy is completely aware of what you're capable of concerning your God. It isn't about that you can just prophesy. But it's you can weep between the porch and the altar. You can rejoice with those that rejoice. You can love when you don't feel like it. You can serve when you don't want to. No longer are your emotions going to disqualify you because your devotion qualifies you. But I don't 
don't feel like it. God's not looking for people that may feel like it or not feel like it. God's looking for people that are carriers of his image and his presence where somebody that's losing their mind can stand in front of you and those spirits know what you're capable of in the name of your God. It's not that we're praying for them. It's that we're imparting the fear of God into their life and into their atmosphere and depression and suicide. Can't stand in that. It's not about our abilities or our inabilities. It's about the enablement of our God. And you see, Daniel's walking this out. And the kings are being disturbed. Everybody say disturbed. With dreams and different things going on and writings on the wall and all these supernatural things, right? Because when you live in the supernatural, God will disrupt the natural with the supernatural. So he's looking for you to walk in a spirit of excellence. But it's not something you just do because you're an intercessor. It's not something you just do because you pray. It's not something you just do because you read the word. It's because you have gotten a strategic pathway from the Lord God Almighty. You understand what God has called you to be, and you are beginning to walk out the discipline of that in your life. So at the end of your life, God can say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, and you have finished what God's called you to do. And this is it. Are you still with me? Because the fear of God is coming to your house. Listen to me. The fear of God is coming to your house. Because it's what it's going to take for us to have revival. Can I read you a couple of scriptures? Am I making sense to you, church? You start making different choices. And I come to you and I say, why don't you just do this? It's easier. And in your heart, you're like, Oh, no, I've been trained to tell the truth. I know the power of integrity. I know it's God's greatest secret weapon to protect my life. I've done this with the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hand, and I've heard God say to me, that's why I withheld you from sinning against me, because you have hidden the word of God in your heart. It's not what's advantageous to you. You're not trying to get over. You're not trying to do any of those things. You're living in such a place in the presence of Almighty God that it disturbs the darkness. Does darkness tremble when you walk around this town? Does darkness tremble when you walk into the bank? Does darkness tremble? Because there is such a level of the anointing. If we get our head right, when we get our head right, I'm telling you, we are going to see deliverance just simultaneously taking place in the body of Christ. 
but we got to get our head right. Got to be disciplined. What do we know about the fear of the Lord? I want to read you a couple of scriptures and then I'm going to just move on here a little bit. Daniel was not looking for a way out. I want to say this to you. He wasn't looking for a way out. He knew his God. And he knew his God would protect him. He knew his God would give him the dream if he needed it, would give him the interpretation if he needed it. He knew everything was in the hands of his God. He wasn't looking for a way out. So often we get in a difficult place and we want out. Anybody ever been in that place? I want out, right? I want to read you a scripture. It's James 1, 2 through 4 in the message. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows by its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Don't try to get out. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, stay in the fire. Say, Lord, I'm staying in here until you show up. I don't like it. It's seven times hotter than normal. But Jesus Christ will come. And when he comes, you will know him like you've never known him before. You will be able to trust him in a way that you haven't been able to trust him before. He will come. But God's looking for people that are willing to go into the fire and not whine and not complain about it, but to embrace it and say, Lord, don't let me out. When was the last time you were in a difficult trial and you said these words? Lord, don't let me out. I'm sure you all say this. Lord, don't let me out of this until I've received the gift that's in it. Let me receive the gift. You're like, you're crazy. No, let me receive the gift. Daniel, listen. The next king comes. Nebuchadnezzar became the royal lawnmower for a while and then his kingdom was gone, right? The next king comes. Darius comes. Listen. The same excellent spirit. The same Daniel. He is consistent all the way through his life. Listen, as Christians, very few of us are consistent all the way through our lives. But God is looking for us to walk in that consistency all the way through our lives. So here's Daniel. He's going to be put in charge in everything. And listen, if anybody could say anything about us, it should be this. I know that I'm not going to find 
anything that I can get a hold of concerning her life except how she serves God. And the satraps and the governors, they plotted against Daniel. But he lived such an excellent life. He lived such an upright life, right? He's now in his 80s, right? Started out around 12 or 13. Listen to me. And just kept walking under the anointing of God. Kept walking under the instruction of God, right? We have the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth. Right? He's compassionate toward us. He reveals the things to come to us. But he's looking for us to become more disciplined so that he can begin to exercise the authority of God on the earth and bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth. So they say, we know. Pastor Hayward, we know. This is like the demonic talking. Listen to me. Right? The demonic saying. Isn't this what you, that you want them to say about you? We know that there's nothing we can get in your personal life anymore because you've become so disciplined. You've become so accountable. You've become so humble. You become so repentant. You're even walking in identification of repentance for your family and your friends. You've been so accustomed to whether you're abased or you're abound, you've learned the secret that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You become so accustomed to that that I no longer can get your mind to go over here. I can no longer tempt you with pornography. I can no longer tempt you with sadness. I can no longer tempt you with sorrow. I can't tempt you with the, only, the normal things. So the only thing that I can do is some way set you up in how you serve your God. And that's what it says. So they set him up and they make a decree. Said anybody that serves another God. Because what did Daniel do every day? Opened up his windows and did what? Daniel knew the Bible says that the decree was signed. Listen. Everybody say new. He was fully aware. He had the full revelation. His eyes were fully opened. He was not under any deception. He knew the plan. He knew the plot. He knew everything, but he knew his God. And so they set him up. The king has no choice. Daniel's thrown into the lion's den. It's sealed with the signet of the king, right? He's in the lion's den. But he's not dinner. And God's not done. And the reason why is because they that know their God shall do great exploits. He wasn't concerned for his life. He was living out his testimony. At 80, 
84, 85 years old, may some say 87, he opened up those windows like he always had and he prayed. If you were a hit man, you could have knocked him off because he was disciplined. I want to say it again. He was disciplined. The king has trouble all night, can't sleep. He runs. He says, Daniel! And he told Daniel before he went in there, he had, can you imagine the king saying to you? Can you imagine that? Oh, Cindy, don't worry. I know your God will deliver you. This is a pagan king. I know your God will deliver you because I have seen him active in your life. I have watched him in your life. I have seen what he's capable of through your life and in your life and with your life. I have watched him and I see him. Right? So he yells, Daniel, has your God, in whom you faithfully serve, been able to deliver you? Oh, yeah, king, rest easy. You know, and then God just kind of lays it all out, and they call the rest in there, and the lions are definitely hungry, and they devour them even before they get down through the, the cave, right? Just rip them to shreds. But God is looking for people who will become disciplined in the areas of weakness in their life recognizing that Satan is watching the patterns of your life. And we've got to historically begin to live out the pattern of Jesus Christ in our life. Christ in you, the hope of glory. How many want to walk that out? Amen? I'm, I'm coming to the end here. Is that all right? It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs 1.7 But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Psalm 19.9 The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Psalm 15.14 He honors those who fear the Lord. How many want to be honored by God? Proverbs, I mean, excuse me, Psalms 25, 15. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear Him. Psalm 31, 19. How great is your goodness which you have laid up for those who fear you. All through the Bible, there are benefits to walking and living in the fear of the Lord. But it all comes out of discipline. I didn't want to go back home. I'm being honest with you. I did not. It was so painful. I mean, I went through things like calling on Father's Day and, and, and you know, and, and the other person in my family saying, um, I don't have a son, but I'll get your dad for you. Those things are painful. They're not permanent, though. See, God took me out of that place and brought me into a place of healing and restoration. And God is looking for us to begin to where your life so disturbs darkness around you, where you walk in the light of the gospel. 
How many in this place want to begin that process, would say that would help? There's areas of my life that are undisciplined. I recognize that. I know that. How many for your jobs? You have to learn new things in order to keep your job, right? You have to progress. Church, I want to tell you something. God is calling us to progressive revelation. We've got to keep moving in the deeper realms of His Spirit. We've got to keep moving ahead. We can't stop. Some of you were voracious readers and you've stopped reading. Some of you were voracious readers of the Bible and you've stopped reading it. Some of you have spent more time in television than you have in the Word and you're wondering why I can't just seem to to connect with Him. God is calling us Back to a new discipline, to where you go home. Some of us used to pray all the time for our kids. We used to pray all the time for dinner. We used to pray for somebody that was sick in the hospital. We used to pray for somebody on the plane or somebody on the street corner. We used to walk in such obedience. But what's happened is we've lost the fear of the Lord, so we don't have that intimacy anymore. So when he's talking to us about divine appointments, right, we're missing those street corner evangelism moments where God's going to heal somebody and change their life, where somebody God could lift somebody up out of a wheelchair and change the whole city. We're missing those moments because we've got into that place of being undisciplined. And God is calling us back to that where we're not afraid anymore, but we're walking in a boldness. We're taking a chance with those words of wisdom and those words of knowledge, right? Where we start risking again in the things of God. Where we step out. How many want to go deeper? How many want to step out? Let's get our heads right so we can be filled with desire. But it starts with discipline. What God's been talking to me about is losing weight, right? Because I see all these young preachers wearing their, you know what I'm saying, their skinny jeans with their T-shirts and everything, right, and all that stuff, and I'm going, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like T.D. Jakes was when he's walking through the airport, T.D., thou art fat, <laughs> right? Because you look in the mirror and, you know, it's different. Pastor Lance is my role model now. He's lost a bunch of weight and in good shape. But you wear these loose shirts, right? Why? Because they don't show the belly. Huh? You avoid the street corner. Why? Because you don't want to be embarrassed. We need to be like an X4. We need to pray for a boldness, a spirit of boldness that will come on us again. And we won't be avoiding the darkness, but we will be penetrating it at every level in our life. That when we pray, when you guys come here and you pray in this church, and there's people that are sick out there in another house somewhere that don't even know the Lord, that those prayers will penetrate that house that does not know the Lord. 
because those prayers will find their place, right? Because they never go out. The Word of God never goes out and comes back void, but it always accomplishes what He sent it forth to do. So if you want to make a shift in your life, how many want to make a shift? Choose discipline. Line yourself up so that you can succeed. It's not about emotion. It's about devotion. The fear of the Lord. How many would be bold today and say, I hear you, Pastor Daniel. And I want to walk in this excellent spirit. This next level of my life, I want to walk in a boldness. I want God to kick fear so far away from my life. And I want to walk in this new level of faith. And I want the fear of the Lord to go before me and remove darkness. I want this level of intimacy that I have to begin to make a shift. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet. You say, yes. Yes. Yes, I'm undisciplined in areas of my life. Right? Look right here. That's a belly. I don't like it. And if I don't like it, what do I have to do? Discipline. Not sticky buns. Thank you, Pastor Lance. But discipline. It's time to get your head right. Visualize the mighty woman of God you'll be. Visualize the mighty man of God you'll be. Visualize your kids just like uh, the pastor was saying last night in those meetings. Visualize. Get to that place where you're so disciplined that when I come to you and I offer you another way, an easier way, you say, Oh, no. This is the only way that I will receive the visitation of God and the blessing of God. It's not a shortcut in my finances. It's not me being deceptive or deceitful. It's me walking in a pure heart. It's me admitting who I am inside myself and saying, I need to get to the gym. You know what I'm saying? I need to eat one less hamburger, right? I need to discipline myself in this area. I am strong in a lot of areas, but there are a few areas of my life where I know that the Lord is calling me right now. You talk about a New Year's resolution. I heard the Lord God say, I'm calling my people. I'm talking to them about their weaknesses right now so that you can get set free. So let's pray.
You want the desire of God, right? You want the desire to get up in the morning. Set the alarm and get up in the morning. Sit there with the Lord and say, I'm coming. I'm coming whether I feel you or not. I'm coming whether I hear you or not. Because it starts with discipline. I'm coming. I'm going to pray for the sick whether they get healed or not at first. But I'm going to develop that discipline and I'm going to get past that fear and I am going to walk in that boldness, but I'm coming. I'm going to speak words of knowledge over people. I'm going to risk it. But I'm going to practice my gift. I'm going to become disciplined. I'm going to become disciplined in how I talk to my mate. I'm going to become disciplined in how I think. I'm not going to let emotions rule me anymore. Amen? Let me hear you say that. I'm not going to let emotions rule me anymore. Because feelings are filters, not facts. I want to say it again. Feelings are filters, not facts. I'm going to be disciplined. You want to learn how to play the guitar? Practice. Pick it up. That's what my brother-in-law did that runs the house of prayer. He never played a piano in his life. And when I was a youth pastor, he asked me, he said, Pastor Dan, would you come and lay your hands on me? I'm going to ask God to give me. He didn't ask for God just to give him the gift to play, but the discipline until it became a desire. And he plays it beautifully now. You're that close to your breakthrough, sir. That close. Discipline. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Discipline. Be unwilling to be shortchanged anymore. Be unwilling for the enemy to come to you and say you can't do it. Start doing it so you have something to refute him with. So you have something that the Holy Spirit can put in front of him and say, this is the evidence right here. This is the evidence. Because God's not called you to failure. God's called you to success. God's made you more than an overcomer. But listen to me. You've got to set your feet to the things of God and begin to move forward. Amen? Let's lift our hands. All over this place. How many in this place would say, 
that my lack of discipline has caused me to begin to allow some doubts about God and who He is in my life and what He's capable of. And I used to have a really strong belief in areas. But some things have happened. And I've stepped back. Would you pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus Christ. I choose to get my head in the right place so that your anointing, your authority can be restored to my head. Lord Jesus, let's put your hands on your head. Yeah. 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 Feel the anointing. Just feel the anointing. Just moving into this agreement with the Lord. Feel the anointing. He wants to instruct your life. He wants to correct your pathway. He wants to teach you. Feel the anointing. Lord Jesus, I choose to allow you to lead me and guide me by your Holy Spirit into all truth. I choose to allow you to renew and restore my mind. Satan, I will not live undisciplined any longer. Jesus, I receive the fear of the Lord. I receive the fear of the Lord. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.